In 2010, I co-founded a company called Startup Grind with one goal, inspiring, educating, and connecting every entrepreneur on the planet. Today, Startup Grind is now in 125 countries and has millions of members. Along the way, I found the most powerful marketing tool of all time, customer-to-customer marketing. C2C marketing empowers your greatest ambassadors, your customers, to evangelize your brand and grow your community. This is a podcast we wish we'd had when we started building our community a decade ago. Each episode, we talk to the brightest minds and companies on the planet to learn how they build their community and empower their customers. I'm your host, Derek Anderson, and this is the C2C Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is John Fry, the producer for the C2C Podcast. I'll be stepping in for Derek on this episode. I'm excited to have our next guest, Emily Fang, who is the community and growth lead at Care Asia. Previously, she worked in community for Google and was the community and events manager for OmniSci. On today's episode, we'll talk about starting a community from scratch, taking C2C events virtual, and how to build relationships. Take a listen. So Emily, could you describe what KR Asia is and what you do in your role? Care Asia, we are a digital tech media company. We're based in Singapore, and we actually focus on three different markets. So specifically on uh, China, Southeast Asia, and India. And the great thing about Care Asia is that our parent company uh, is based in Beijing, and then our sister company is in Japan. So all three companies focus on tech news within these respective hubs, uh, whether it's like you know on venture capital or startups or just uh, generally like tech innovation. Uh, those are the three topics that we mostly focus on. So in my role, I am the community and growth lead. And I was you know, brought into this role to kind of tap into our readership and see how we can activate our readers. Um, because by doing that, it allows us to know more about like, you know, who our readers are, um, why they're here in this space, and what exactly they want to learn. So um, right now, I kind of oversee the, you know, the newsletters, the uh, virtual events we do, and we're running this uh, contributor and this like you know, in Asia, they call it like KOL, which is like key opinion leader. Right. It's like an influencer, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, you know, it's definitely a little bit different from like, you know, the influencer on Instagram, but these right. are like, you know, yeah, they call them KOLs. Um, so we're building out this program to bring them into um, our space and uh, we do like interviews with them and we create content around that. Yeah. So, you know, we're really building out a new community for Care Asia. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, on that, Building a community from scratch is obviously no easy task. How are you approaching it, you know, from obviously you mentioned all those angles, but how are you approaching, you know, making sure the community aspect of it gets traction and what kind of goals uh, are you looking at to, you know, judge the initial success of the community efforts? I definitely will echo that thought. Building a community from the ground up is really hard, especially in a different market, right? Uh, I think for me, yeah, coming from Silicon Valley and then doing this in Singapore, um, a lot of things are transferable. But one thing that I really focused on was like the initial relationship building. Um, Yeah, just because Southeast, I mean, the the tech hubs in Asia are a lot smaller than I thought they were. Like everyone is very well connected here. A lot of it is about, you know, uh, not just networking, but the actual like friendships and relationships that you have. So for me, um, you know, I came into the space looking to connect with people. And I think I've had a lot of, you know, uh, like one-off conversations with people who've, uh, you know, wrote for Care Asia or, you know, who read, who read Care Asia newsletters or just reached out to me on LinkedIn and they're, you know, like, oh, I want to like, you know, contribute or I want, I have an interesting story that I want to talk about. So I have 
this way of building authentic relationships and kind of bringing them into our space and uh, making sure that you know they're taken care of when they're a contributor. So generally, our content is written by journalists. But instead, I was like, why don't we give the chance for our readers to you know contribute content as well? And I think, as you know, like community is very heavily driven by content. <laughs> so uh, we just, yeah, we brought them into the space and uh, we're, you know, trying to draw people in. And we're also building kind of like a home for our readers and our contributors to engage and interact with each other. Um, and so, I, you know, I think the goals that we're looking at to make it a success isn't really about numbers at this moment. It's more about um, the engagement. So I'd rather have like a small right. group of engaged uh, readers or contributors um, than having, you know, like 10,000 people in a in a group and they don't interact with each other. Right. Yeah. So we're going to start with like small curated content uh, with a few contributors and KOLs. And then eventually we want to expand not just from Southeast Asia, but like, you know, from India and China and then more on a global scale. Yeah, I think that's kind of like our goal in a nutshell. It's very broad, but yeah, I think it's also because we're just building it out. Totally, yeah. And I mean, it sounds like, you know, Care Asia is primarily like a news and media company, right? So their ultimate goal is is probably like growing the, the readership and that kind of thing. So if you have just, just, I mean, very similar to the way Huffington Post built this super large contributor network, right? Like it seems kind of akin to that. Yeah, it's also, you know, like Forbes, they have like a contributor program as well. Right, yeah. good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things for us, though, is also like quality control. I mean, not that anyone can write content, but it's also like, you know, who are the writers and the leaders that we want to represent us? Um, and if we're, you know, choosing, you know, these people, um, what ideas and thoughts will align with our community members? So, you know, you, know, you talked about turning readers and just people in general into people writing these articles. What does that process look like? How are you, you know, going about, you know, onboarding them and, you know, like you said, making sure they're on brand and, and that kind of thing. What's what's the kind of process right now for basically onboarding them as, into as writers? Yeah. So we actually did like a call to action, um, like in the beginning of it. So asking for people to, whether it's like nominating themselves to write or they send us pieces that they've written before. So uh, we've, you know, we've had some people um, submit their articles and a lot of it comes from Medium. Actually, yeah, like I think on Medium, there's just a lot of great writers and um, they will submit their content uh, to us, whether it's like tech innovation or like social impact, things like that. Um, and then for like the KOLs, those are more of people that we've brought in from our network, uh, people that we already know or have a relationship with or that we're like, OK, this person is a key industry you know, thought leader in their space. How do we you know, get them to come and like speak and write for us? I guess the way that we're really trying to also just like activate our readers to uh, people who engage with us are through various channels. So whether it's through like, we bring those KOLs uh, into our space to do like a virtual webinar, right? So we had like one um, person who's from India who works in venture capital looking to invest in Southeast Asia startups. Um, so we're really bridging uh, cross-border I guess, hubs together. And then we're trying to get our readers to come join us on these events and engage with our speaker and um, help us create content that way. Yeah. So, so talk more on the events, because that's a lot of what we talk about on the show. How many of those are you doing slash kind of hope to do? And how are you putting that together from like a, you know, attendees perspective? 
we started this thing called like Venture Matters. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have a lot of like venture, like we're, we have a lot of relationships with uh, VC firms in those three hubs, so China, Southeast Asia, and India. And it's interesting because uh, not only do they, I mean, they obviously want to invest in startups in their own region, but they're also looking overseas. Um, and I think one of the hard points for them is that they cannot reach those startups. So for us, we've created events uh, once a month featuring different uh, VC speakers in different regions. And then we try and invite all of our audience members uh, to come and watch, you know, what exactly they're looking for when they're looking to invest, like how to contact them, um, what it, you know, what it means to be, I guess, a, a startup in their portfolio, things like that. I guess for us, it's really trying to narrow down the content that our readers want to listen into and um, engage in. So one way we do that is like, you know, we do like small group studies, we do uh, like polling, whether it's like when they sign up or after the event, um, there's always some sort of like touch points. Like, oh, what do you, what do you want to listen in on? Like, what are you interested in? Why are you joining this event? Yeah. So we're really trying to figure out what our readers want to participate in for events. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it's always it's always best, uh, you know, people are like, how do I come up with ideas for events and content? It's like, well, literally ask the people, <laughs> the people that are attending. Ask the community. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the insights that appeared as a trend? Like, oh, like th this is something that we should focus on based on the feedback. I think naturally Care Asia just draws in um, people who work at startups or people who are like founders or CEOs or um, looking to invest. Yeah. So I think by doing that polling, we started to realize like, oh, you know, uh, we used to think like our readers are just like reading the content, um, you know, just like how someone like reads the news. Um, but then we realized we're like, oh, wow, there's like a very like strong group of uh, readers who are heavily ingrained they're like directors c-levels uh c-level suites or um they're like you know entrepreneurs and they continually like to come to our events and so we noticed that and we're like okay how do we create more like curated content specifically for this group for us i, f I feel like generally in media sometimes like the, the only touch point is like you're putting out content and they read it but i think with media you can do so much more like uh and try and dig into like who your readers are by different touch points whether it's like you know a forum or events or you know building a community around it um it lets you know more about who your readers are yeah absolutely and you know you mentioned before that you moved um from silicon valley to singapore i'm wondering culturally you know what are what are the changes and whatnot as you're now you know focused on building a community in all the places that you mentioned you know generally singaporeans are they're super friendly and they're very like open-minded and like yeah. I, I think it's so easy to like you know make friends here uh, i think one thing that was really interesting was uh the idea of community is it's not new to them right because i think a lot of them kind of you know they grow up in singapore and it's smaller right it's not the it's not like the u.s like they kind of uh, they a lot of them grow up in singapore go to the same schools or study abroad even when they study abroad in like the uk or uh, on the east coast as well um like they have like their own singaporean community there so everyone knows each other by like a second or third degree connection right and for me it was more of like okay i'm coming into Singapore and I didn't want to just stick with like the expat community. So it's like, how do I get you know, on the ground and how do I get to actually genuinely know these people? Um, and I think it's more of, you know, not coming in and being like, uh, you know, I'm an expat and, you know, these are how we do things. Uh, I think right. for me, it was like more getting to know them first as a person and then building a relationship with them and then just hearing them out like, oh, you know, uh, like, what does the community look like to you? And um, like, what are your like, 
your pain points. So I think what I've noticed is they already have their existing communities, right? Because those are the people that they know when they grow up. So for us, it's more of how do we get them interested in joining different communities, not just the ones that they grown up with. Yeah, I think that starts with relationship building. So that's very important in Asia. <laughs> totally, right. And yeah, kind of piggybacking off of that. So we talked a lot about the contributors, but on the uh, site as well, you have like tech talent and perks for startups as like different, you know, incentives for, for people to uh, join the community. So I'm curious, like, uh, how do those other kind of perks play a role in, you know, incentivizing people to uh, to join the community? Right now, those perks are also in the making. So our business development team, we do have uh, partnerships. So it's interesting because, you know, as content started coming in, we've also had like enterprises reach out to us. So their own innovation hubs telling us like, oh, you know, can we be a content partner or, a, you know, a BD part- like a or have some sort of partnership with you? And they right. give us access to like tickets or like, you know, um, like resources, which obviously we'll also give to our readers. So um, I guess those are the type of incentives that we want to give our readers. And we'll never, I don't think we'll ever do like a paywall for our readers. Yeah, I think if the content will be free for them um, and we'll just be working with partnerships to get like the perks or access to um, our own events, like Care Asia events, um, right. our partner events, um, or whether it's like we have a very exclusive KOL, then they'll obviously get first dibs on joining. And um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. I think we contact them through like the newsletter and we tell them all the information that they need. But again, it is a work in progress. So what you see on the site right now is going to change eventually and as we build it up. Totally. And uh, you you also run C2C events with, you know, Singapore Women's Network and also CMX Connect Singapore. So I'm curious, you know, obviously COVID has changed everything, uh, but especially those like in-person C2C events. So how are you kind of handling and approaching taking those events virtual and still keeping them engaging and interesting? I think it's about consistency, honestly. It really is about consistency. So like I think for both um, communities, we host one event per month. Right. So it's like, okay, you know that there will always be an event every month. You know that you'll um, kind of generally see the same people um, and that we're consistent. So that's one thing that um, the bare minimum, I think every community should have. or That's what we do in terms of like COVID right now in Singapore. We can meet up uh, with up to five five people per group. I think for me, I've also, you know, tried to keep in touch with some of the people in, in those networks, right? So I'm like, oh, we can do like a coffee chat, but, you know, up to five people. And I encourage other people to do the same, right? In terms of like the drop-off rate and for attendance, like virtual events, I think generally 20%, like just for any virtual event or like, you know, physical right. event, if it's a free event, only 20% shows up. But I think for yeah. us, uh, we try and remind them quite often right so like a day or like even like a few hours leading up to the event and then also just being more personal like even i will like ping people that i know and be like hey like are you coming to the event like it shows that like i actually care and i want them to be there so uh, attendance rate has been quite high compared to like what i've seen for other events and um also just inviting people who are you know strong speakers or doing things that no one else is doing so for like cmx connect we invited kevon who's like ceo of like toasty it's like a community collaboration app and he walked us through a few exercises over zoom right like how to use a sticky note and like doing like thumbs up thumbs down uh to engage your you know your users that's fun yeah 
yeah, another webinar I was in, we did like hot potatoes. So like you ask questions around, so you have to be like engaged. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, those are interesting. Yeah. The virtual events, it's, it's great because it also expands just beyond like, you know, regionally, like it's not just Singapore, but other people from other time zones can uh, join as well. And we've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. The, there are obviously pros and cons, uh, but you know, like you mentioned, like I think right now it's it's pretty saturated, especially in the states uh, with the virtual events and doing those extra little things like reaching out to the people that you know that are attending. Like I'm sure that goes a long way in making sure that they stay successful. So as we come to a close here, the question that we always ask every guest at the end is, "What is a community that you love, and why do you love it?" This is quite surprising, um, but I I love this. I love the personal finance community on Instagram. Yeah. So if you want to ever dig into it, you could probably just do like hashtag like financial independence or hashtag personal finance. Um, yeah. So I, I created like a personal finance, uh, like handle like, you know, two years ago and I just met so many people. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. Like a lot of them are also from like New York, uh, and like California. And it's just such a non-judgmental free zone where people share how like they're like saving, budgeting, investing, um, you know, how people from all stages of their lives are like, you know, saving their money, especially during COVID, because that's such a hot topic right now. Um, yes. So I think that's kind of like my favorite corner of the internet that I love to be in. It's just very wholesome. And I think everyone there is just really trying to help each other, like grow wealth and be financially literate. So um, yeah, right. I highly recommend you to check it out if you can. Yeah, there's no, it sounds like there's not many uh, personal finance trolls out there, which is, <laughs> which is good to hear. I think there's more in investing or <laughs> just, right. <laughs> yeah, I think for the personal finance community, it's, it's really great. And I've met people in Singapore actually from that community. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Highly recommend you checking it out. Fantastic. Uh, Well, Emily, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. I really appreciate you sharing everything. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. That's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod.